Hey, this is Danny Heifetz from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Craig Horlbeck, and Danny Kelly. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. It's popping real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Before we get started, man, I just want to you know, give our thoughts and prayers to the victims um, of the shooting that happened at UNLV. Um, and you know, just really sad situation all around. Um, just want to say that at the top of the show. So, Raja, it's been a long time coming, but we are in the flesh. Let's see how we do this. How are we, how are you feeling right now? I'm um, looking you it, dead in your face and not a computer screen. It's a little awkward. Okay, so it's a little awkward because we were used to being at the screen. But it was a pleasure to meet you. It is a pleasure to meet you. Um, it would have been it would have been cool to be in, on a, on a stage. I was kind of excited about that. I was, I was kinda, really juiced. I, mean, I was kind of excited about the Jimmy Kimmel. I told you I ran into a dude on an airplane. He was like, Are "You going to meet Logan?" Yeah. I was like, I, "As a matter of fact, I am." He was like, "Man, I love you guys' content. You guys are Jimmy Kimmel," and so I was pretty fired up about that. But but um, yeah, good to meet you, bro. Good to meet you too. It's been a thing. It's funny because like even today I was uh. I was at the T-Mobile Arena just doing all the media stuff because I'm writing something uh, this week on the tournament. And like three or four people were like, yo, you meeting Roger tonight? Like, is this going to be the time? Like, it was, <laughs> it's like, it's become a thing. It's, it's become happening? a life of its own. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird how that, that's up. Can you tell us, everybody, because we were in the elevator coming up here to Ben Cruz's wild-ass suite in ben, Vegas. Good for you. That has a swing in it. Good for you, Ben. It has a fucking swing in it. I don't even know. It's just him, allegedly, in this room. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a single bed slash swing, right? Like, yeah, but he has a bedroom, too. Well, well, no, but I mean, that's, I mean, but it's the size of a, maybe a double the, the swing itself yeah yeah raja almost broke his whole shit by doing a, sw- a one swing lay down <laughs> when he saw the thing he got really excited and just started swinging on the thing and almost I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. But can you tell people about yeah. your day your travel day to las vegas from from where Tra- you live in from, florida yeah um no nah, not nah, i mean look, what are you gonna do dude you get up you make breakfast you get the kids out you know you uber and then you know we're flying to where'd we go we went to o'hara two hour layover it's three and a half then another three and a half or two and a half out here. And then I didn't know anything about um, the tragedy at UNLV. So 
it's been a long time since I was at Vegas, Logan. The last time I was here, um, I think I was at a stage in my life where I could appreciate Vegas in a way that didn't like have the dumb lines and shit really make me angry. Mm, you were but, less washed. But I'm going to keep it a buck. Yeah, I was less washed. I'm going to keep it a buck. Today, I was just fucking annoyed, man. Like, yeah. it was a long line for uh, 40 minutes for Uber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was 20 minutes waiting at the area to get my room key. And so yeah. the old curmudgeon that is I, all he wanted to do was go to Carbone and grab a quick little bite. Yeah. Just a little bite before I I'm came over. I'm not going to hold you. It was hella funny because I got on the phone with Raja and the first thing he said was Carbone. I was like, oh, I know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Just casually <laughs> just said, we're going to Carbone. That's all. Hey, this is what I, this was the, this was a, this is the a variation of the call it was. Hey, motherfucker. I'm going to Carbone and I see you later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I know what time it is. Little did I know when I got to Carbone, they were like, yeah, we're booked. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis back. said bye. Yeah, Anthony come, Davis took the seat. Come LeBron back in also took the seat. <laughs> You're not going to go here. Um, so Vegas, man, it's yeah. interesting. We are on the eve of the semifinals, and I got a bit more of like just the day-to-day of like what the, the quarterfinals is. It's pretty exciting out here. I think there's like a real excitement going into this, this, tur- this last stretch of the tournament, and it got me thinking, Raja, the NBA – is dipping its toe into expansion, right? And I'm kind of seeing, like, what would a NBA expansion look like? I think it's going to look good. I think this is like a this is going to be a really it's early. There's no games been played in Vegas yet, but I do think that we're on the right path here in terms of expansion. What do you think from the limited maybe preseason games? What would an NBA lifestyle and journey look like for an NBA expansion team as a player. What do you think? Um, in Vegas, um, they have other pro franchises and people don't seem to be out of their mind about living in Vegas and and being an athlete or, or, uh, or playing professionally in Vegas. So I don't think dudes are going to lose their minds out here as a as a guest coming to play in Vegas for preseasons and, and you're here for a couple of days. I mean, typically people didn't play great in Vegas, kind of like the Miami effect. You know, you you were here, you had a good time. But I think once you live here and it's a regular stop, it becomes business as usual. Do you know what I mean? You just become accustomed to it. It's another stop kind of in your on your season. And then if you live here, it's just old hat. You know what I mean? But like in terms of a fan, a fan base, you know, that would be interesting. See, yeah. see how you cultivate like a true fan base for a new team here in Vegas. Uh, it, it's always a lot of you know, a lot of other teams fans probably coursing through Vegas itself, but you know, that would be interesting to me. But as far as a city, a destination where people want to come play and where you'd be able to attract free agents, easy money. Did you get, did you have any preseason games out here? How did okay. you, how, can you, well, yeah, indulge the, the, uh, the real ones fan base on Raja Bell and in Vegas in the preseason. Cause in the preseason is interesting because you don't actually, the games really don't matter, especially when you're pl- like, you're planning your solidified spot. You're literally, it's just a trip to Vegas and you happen to be playing yeah, basketball. Yeah. So what is that for you? Well, sh- sh- I mean, that was a long time ago, but that was back when the Maloofs were still in business. The Palms was still like yeah. the place to be. So we were, we stayed at the Palms. We played Kobe and the Lakers. I think it was, might've been the preseason after we came back from three, one down. I want to, I want to say, so it was uh, a little tense. Yeah, there was a little, there was something in the air. And I think, I think it was a more spirited preseason game than you usually play, but none of us were in great shape to play that game. Let's just say that was, that was uh, the night, the night before that was not going to be conducive to having like, 
your best shit. Yes. Suffice to say. But again, we were just come. We didn't come to Vegas a lot. So coming to Vegas was like a, like a thing of itself, right? Like if you yeah. played here a few times a year or you played and you lived here, it'd be different. But for us, we were like, we're in Vegas for tonight. Let's go. Let's, uh, what, what time? Did, I mean, the statute of limitations are over. What time did you get back? Uh, I, I, no, I, I don't even remember that. I, I don't think it was like a, I think it was like a sun up type of deal. Probably like three in the morning, two, that's three in the morning. Early. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's pretty late. But for Vegas, then it's for, pretty but early. For Vegas, it's pretty early. Correct. Yeah, correct, yeah, correct, for correct. sure. For sure. It's just like, that's one of the things. And Rick Carlisle was actually asked about that even for, um, you know, his group. Like, how, how do you uh, like trust your guys in this environment with all that's on the line? Right. And it's not only and I think the, the league for, for uh, it's an audition in all ways, including how players and staff conduct themselves during this trip. Sure. Because there's only one. There's only one uh, one opportunity to make a first impression. Like the NBA is on its best behavior at this point. They're giving like executives to the media. They're they're making sure all players are available. They're doing all of these things. What does the NBA? What do you think that they're trying to prove with this first uh, iteration of the end season tournament? What are the benchmarks of success? Do you think need to be seen for you know the NBA to say, oh, we did a good job our first time around? Obviously, like walking around here, you could see the the billboards and the the big electronic screens, just you know, uh, all advertising. So, you know, if if you hop into the arena tomorrow night and the city turns out and that bad boy is electric and people are coming out to consume, which I'm sure they'll do here in Vegas, I think the NBA's already won. Now, I say they already won because the last game, the Indiana game, the Indiana Boston game the other night. What did you think about that game? Talk to me about that game. Let's, Look, let's talk about that game. I'm that that you know obviously different court you know and all this and that, but just the tenor of the game, the feel of the game. That was a playoff game. Like the, yeah, they were sure. going at it. Like both teams were going at it. You know, we had kind of talked briefly with 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 Howard, MF, and Beck that that a team like the Pacers might have a little bit more at stake. Maybe, right. You know what I mean? But. You know, they look like it, but Boston looked like they were there to win that shit too, and they wanted to be here. So I think the NBA has already won, man. I've I've heard a lot of people again in the airport, um, on flights, talking about the end season tournament, the buy-in, coming out here for it. Um, and so I think that's the thing. Now, interestingly, you know, we talked about like players being on like uh like kind of an audition out here. And and when I was here with the Cavs, like they've been doing preseason, I mean sorry, but uh some of here yeah. for a long time. Right. And that's always interesting because, you know, you're seeing young guys and and typically the younger guys would be the ones that would fall into like the pitfalls of Vegas or Miami or somewhere where you could be distracted, lose focus. It's a different type of audition. It's a different. Right. And so we're watching like summer league. I remember being in the hotel lobby late at night on purpose, just trying to see who was straggling in. If everybody was in their room, did I catch anybody leaving out late? You know what I mean. Just trying to feel. Getting a little drink, getting a little some adult, adult beverage. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm I'm an exec at this point, so I, <laughs> I, 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 I can do that. But no, you're trying to see like, does Vegas have that kind of draw where boys can't even with all is at stake, they can't focus. Well, it's funny because Rick Carlisle was talking about that too, right? Like where just talking about that notion of. There's there's places it's not necessarily Vegas with all the access, but in everywhere you can get into some shit. Oh, for sure. In every city you you can get into some shit. Te- uh, Vegas is might be the the biggest example, but I feel like with players, if you're going to get into something, you're gonna find trouble no matter where you go, and it's gonna be just 
interesting to see that dynamic if there is a team that comes here specifically for basketball, right? Because say like an Eastern conference team only comes out here once a year. Right. So that's going to be interesting. I do want to talk really quickly though, because you brought up the Indiana Pacers game. Mm -hmm. We hadn't talked since Monday. We're kind of previewing the game. I I think if there is a, there is a chance that Tyrese Halliburton could be the player of the tournament, bro. Listen, I was on a, I was on a plane today. Yeah. I was on my layover in Chicago, yeah. and I recognized a brother. I was like, wait, I know his face. Who, who is that? It was Tyrese Halliburton's dad. I had seen him. The at, night before. The night I had seen him at the game, like, yeah. popping his shit when his son was going off. It took everything in me not to go up and be like, hey, bro, big fan of your son. I didn't do it, right? But, like, that's that's the way I, you know, like, yeah, he's tough. He's tough. But it's it's not only that he's a good basketball player. What is the difference between a good basketball player and the magic that comes with? Because it seems like he has a magic to him, right? Where he not Magic Johnson, although Magic Johnson did tweet about him, but like just a magic that comes with his style of play yeah. and that galvanizes other uh, an organization. What do you see in Tyrese that if you look out into the future, Clan Florent Raj, <laughs> what do you see and what are the intangibles that he has that could lead a franchise that? You know, maybe because he likes to even in the even in the presser today, he was like, I was a zero star. I was a yeah. zero star guy. Seems like he has that shit, but it seems like there's like the star quality in him. What do you see from that in him and how can that carry an organization? Yeah, that I mean, that's a good question. I think, you know, sometimes even for a guy with zero stars, it could be, you know, laser focused, wear that chip on my shoulder, and that could be really abrasive and come off like an a-hole at times. You know what I mean? But there are other guys who don't come in with a lot of stars and they've kind of got the opposite. Like they're laser focused, but they don't wear it like that. They've got like this self-deprecating, like, you know, like I got nothing to lose. Like I'm just out here having a good time type of vibe. And aside from him just being kind of electric and, and the game is so, it's such a, like, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a tough game, but it's like offbeat type of game. Like it's a, it's an interesting game to watch, but, but uh, he looks like he's having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? I would hate to be a defender against his because every time I see his shot, it's like the shit ain't going in. It's not going up. Shit, it went in. It fucking went in. Yeah, it went in. It fucking went in. He has the vibe of a guy (laughs) that you think you can guard until you guard him. Right? This isn't a good comp because their games, he's he's way better. But there was a dude, Kevin Martin, used to play for Sacramento. He played for now. Their games. Ben Cruz is here nodding his head, yeah. talking about because 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 Kevin Martin used to kick his Warriors' ass. Yeah, Kevin Martin was a G. Now, like, but they didn't have the same game. Like, I'm not saying aesthetically it looked the same, but it was one of those games where you'd look at it and you'd be like, "Oh hell no, uh, uh-uh. nope," and you'd be like, "Dang, he had 35." You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, no, that shit ain't go. Oh shit, he hit another one, and uh, he's got a little bit of that to him. But but I, I think you know when you ask what that could do for a franchise, like pe- people. People want to play with someone who's really, really good, um, knows that they're really good, but doesn't just project that they're really good all the time. Because that could be annoying, right? Like, everyone knows you're good. Like, and we'll concede that and and we'll rally around that. But you don't wear it like I'm better than y'all, like, even though you're the best player. And I think he's got a little bit of that to him. Like, And that's the little bit of magic, right? Like, that's the thing that not every great player can do. Some of them are real buttheads, you know, yeah. and, and it doesn't. And even stars, right? It doesn't <laughs> stop them from winning championships, but it might not be your favorite teammate. Can you do what I'm saying? Like a dude like that, they're rare. And that's where I think you get tapped into the magic, not the game, but like the personality.
Cash in on balling out this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I'll be honest, I think I'm going to take the under on Pacers Bucks. You know, new floor, new environment. Don't think much scoring is going to happen there. And I'm going to take the over on Lakers Pelicans. I don't know why, just vibes. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join. The app is easy to use and there's a wide range of ways to bet, including quick bets, live same-game parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and turn dimes into dollars this season. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Another team it was funny that was watching, uh, I was at the... Uh, the Pelicans, uh, the Pelicans, uh, Kings game. And I think I'm back on that Pelicans narcotic. Like, I I think I am. The one thing that I have kind of an issue with, and it needs, it should get rectified. I think they could be a championship team if this thing just happens. And it's the age old thing, but I finally saw it in person. Zion got to get, Zion has to get in shape. He has to get in conditioning. It is really like, there were times, I don't know if you watched the game because, you know, you East Coasters are very late and you guys have your West Coast biases. Y'all don't like to stay up for us, especially that point. I watched, I watched some of that game. You watched the first half. I watched some of that game, yes. But there were times throughout that, that game where, Zion gets in the post, maybe gets a little tired and says, go, no, 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 swing it the other way. Or there was a, there was, I don't know if you fell asleep by this time, but there was a play with De'Aaron Fox where he kind of just shook Zion and Zion just let him go. Now Zion could make the argument a la Raja in 2007 Christmas day when Kobe blew by him, but he thought he had help. There could have been that argument. I was was supposed to have the coverage. You were supposed to have coverage. But Zion did not have design design coverage. Zion did not have that vibe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he just like, let him go. Right. But there were plenty of times where I just see like, dude's not in shape. He's not in shape. This is not what's going on here. Right. But the players around him, the Herb Jones, BI, BI can take over a game. I'm curious to see what he does against the Lakers, but Trey Murphy, there's guys that can just, that are dudes. We need Roger. We need to get Zion in shape. Yeah, I don't know what you do with that. I mean, I honestly, this is, I mean, you're what for him? Do you know off the top? Is this five, four? 
1920, 2021. I mean, I mean it was, it's, it's about and, damn time, right? And, yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, you could say that he's been injured and that's fair. And, but, but typically dudes figure that in, in four or five years, you figure out how to be in, in your best basketball shape. So it is concerning for me. And I, I have to wonder whether that's going to happen in the near future, right? Like I, I just, sometimes it takes something crazy to happen for you to have that revelation like oh shit man i do need to be in better shape hopefully it doesn't come to that for zion hopefully but i I mean i I guess if someone hasn't gotten to him and i know for a fact that people in that organization have suggested and done their best to impress upon him the importance of less body fat carrying less weight you know just because of what it means to the injury history. So if, if that's been expressed and people have been working on you for a couple of years with that and you still ain't in shape. What I keep hearing, I'm, I, I'm sure you're hearing the same thing is he just doesn't listen. He's one of those guys that will go and say, yeah, I got you. Right. Does not follow through on that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, sure. And you could, kind of, it's starting to get on the floor and I was talking to, um, one of my homies, uh, Will Guillory of, uh, he covers the, uh, he covers the Pelicans for the athletic. And one of the things that we were just talking about was the reason why Zion needs to lock in is because it's too late to have like the, the, the young player um, growing pains right now, because still just get to the playoffs and have those type of growing pains. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, the two years, you know, like KD is a perfect example where, he got his ass kicked by Ron Artest the first his first postseason. Right? right, wasn't that he wasn't good? He just hadn't experienced postseason play. Zion hasn't even experienced that yet. Yeah. Right, the two or three years of that. That's what's the hold. What the holdup is is like we know you're good. We know you have the potential to be great. Even in that Sacramento game, he had one block that was fucking incredible. Sure. But he needs to have growing pains on the playoffs, and it's taking too long to get to that point. So, That's where I want to, where he needs to get to. Yeah, for sure. And I think all of that goes and speaks to just the lack of maturity, right? Because you know m- most dudes on their arc as as NBA players, even if they're even if they're injured for a few years, and they're not getting that on job experience for the playoffs um, that we're talking about being like critical, they they are still in a pro organization. They're being treated like adults. This isn't a this isn't a college system. There's there's you know things that are expected of you that that would help expedite your maturation process if you were willing to, to mature. Um, and, and so you would think that even if you weren't on the floor by the time you did get back, let's say three years into it, four years into it, yeah, you might need need some seasoning, which is what I would call those playoff moments. Like look, you can't learn until you've been in that. So we need the seasoning, but. Anything outside of that that you can control, we need to be in a headspace where we control that because you're not 18 years old anymore or 19. You are now, you know. What's uh, the difference though in that with the like the playoff basketball for a young guy? What are the lessons that you need to learn from a physicality standpoint? And all, what are those things that you need to learn? And what are the difference between the two from preseason to regular season to postseason? Well, I mean, look, po- postseason today's 
today's game is so much different. Like I'm sure it still slows down, but it's still exponentially faster than it was when we played. But typically it's more possession based. Like guys are digging into what you like to typically do as a team. So it becomes more physical because they can try to stop you from getting to the spots that you want to get to. And you know, the the sets that you actually want to run come crunch time. So just by the nature of understanding what you're doing, play and play in and play out, it gets more physical. I think Zion is kind of uniquely kind of built for the physicality of that. The question for Zion is like finding, you know, the, the optimum combination of the size and not like stripping it down. I was with LeBron that year. He came back to Cleveland. LeBron went vegan that summer. And I, and LeBron, if people remember when he came out early in that season, he didn't look great. Like his body just had like leaned out to a point where he didn't have the same shoulders that he had and his burst wasn't there anymore. And so it took LeBron a while. It was the closest LeBron looked to Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, no, but straight but up. He, like, he, he was leaned, really, he, he didn't have really, the strength. Yes. He had really leaned out and, and like his, what was his reasoning for that? Did he, did he ever, what, I don't know. What did he, okay. I don't know what it was, but, but, but the point was LeBron quickly realized like, Oh shit, like this isn't exactly, you know, compatible with my game. So the, Zion's got to get to a point where he figures out, all right, th- this is too lean but this is too heavy. And my sweet spot is X, Y, and Z body fat and X, Y, and Z poundage. And that's going to be, you know, what I need to carry into the playoffs. So if you come into a regular season and you're slightly out of shape, fine. But if we're talking about being, you know, early December, early December, you're supposed to be in shape. Like by now you should have played just anyone who was out of shape coming into training camp is now in shape. That's Shaq special. If you're not in shape now, we're, I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. What is that? Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, when we tar- started, even started this segment, we're talking about just the other guys that the Pelicans have, right? When you see like, you know, your guy that you put on this pedestal, not necessarily going hard, but you're going hard. What does that do to the rest of that locker room? That every time it's either you get injured or it's like maybe you're not like locked in as much as we'd like you to because you're and you are the most talented guy. What does that does that build animosity to the rest of the locker room or does what does it what does it do? I don't know that it has to build anim- animosity if someone if someone is just you know if someone is just genuinely immature and not an asshole. Right. Like, because that's, there's a difference, right? If someone's just genuinely kind of naive to what this is supposed to look like for whatever reason, whether I agree or disagree that three or four years is too long for that to be the case. If you read it as such, I don't think it's building animosity, right? Because we're like, look, sometimes it takes a village, right? So I got a Logan Murdoch, you know, I got, I got people around me that can teach me how to be a pro, even if I don't see it in a timely fashion, I, Logan just keeps doing his thing and, you know, everyone else keeps doing their thing. And then Raja finally says, Oh shit, well, this is what I need to do to be a part of that. And so I think you see that more than animosity in, in New Orleans. Now, if, if Zion was a dude that, that despite everything, everyone was saying to him, teammates, that is, and people like that was like, man, fuck y'all. I ain't doing that. Like, you know, if he had that type of attitude, I think you would be in the animosity space and I don't think you could hide but that. But I think people love him in that locker room. Exactly. I, I still believe so, that. So I, so I do believe, I mean, first of all, he's uber talented. But secondly, I think it's more of a, just an immaturity thing, right? And like that doesn't I, mean he's not a good dude. Because I do believe that he's, a, by all accounts, oh, yeah. he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. no. And, and when I say immaturity, I mean, like, immature in the sense of, like, hey, man, like, you're a professional basketball player now. So, you know, while you are still young in the grand scheme of things, like, there are things that that we have to do, i.e. diet, 
you know, exercise, taking care of ourselves, you know, things that we have to check these boxes to make sure that we're at optimum level, both individually and collectively. And I don't, I don't know that he's fully grasped that yet. Now I, I, I haven't asked anyone that that's just me reading what I'm looking at and watching his body. But I think they're thinking as a team that if they continue to be successful and continue to work, you know, around him in a way that demonstrates how you have to get it done, that he'll come along. It was interesting because uh, I asked Willie Green, the coach of the uh, of the Pelicans and SAC, when I was up there, uh, just how this this is kind of gal this this in season tournament has kind of galvanized them. Um, and I will I'll, I'll put the question to you, and this is just not even just a Pelicans question, but this is just for the overall every team in this um, in this in this tournament. What does like competition just do for NBA players, right? Because like. More, it's the money means what it means, but like the bright lights are on right now, and I and I saw we saw that a lot, and I think in the Lakers uh, Suns game last night, yeah. where you just put the ball in, and these guys are all competitors, and they just want to fucking win. What does that do for a team like the Pelicans when they just have something to play for, right? Yeah, and how will that help them? Perhaps tomorrow evening against the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, that's it's a it's a it's a good question, and it's one that I hadn't really thought of from that angle. But there are some teams, you know, we we've touched on like Boston and you know teams that are maybe a little longer than two. Milwaukee, they could still wind up being in Denver this, is another in this one tournament. Like Denver, where you know you're playing the long game. You've been in the long game before. You know what it takes to get there. And that's, that's the major focus, right? Those teams are still going to compete. Like, given the opportunity to be here, they're going to be here. But there is another, you know, faction of teams that could be maybe a little lost early in the season, not really sure exactly who they are. And something like this can really focus you in a way, right? Because it gives you something immediate. Like, instead of that real long-term, NBA season is long, dog. Like, that's, a, is, that's a long season. So to be thinking – you know, for especially for younger teams, thinking fucking NBA finals is something so abstract because it's so far out in the distance. You give them something to shoot for like right now and you get everybody to like lock in in a way that could really, you know, jumpstart your shit. And so, you know, like if, if, there are coaches that will talk about breaking a season down into like I don't quarters. Know, quarters, Yeah, you know, d- depending on, you know, what their philosophy is. And essentially that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, right. But, but. At the end of one of those quarters, there's an actual championship to play for. I think that could be more important than I gave it credit for, for for not just the Pelicans, but other teams in the league too. I think what I've seen even just like throughout this this tournament, especially for young teams, Ra, is it's teaching them how to win in tough situations earlier than they're even anticipating, right? Because like you haven't experienced, you just got into town, but like it feels like all-star weekend mixed with the postseason, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Where um, the lights are just different here. Like the, when you, I was at T-Mobile earlier today and it's like, a, it, they they literally made the court mimic an MSG or Great Western Forum where they make the, arena, uh, the, the floor a stage. Okay. And so when you get that, you see those bright lights, y'all already know what the bright lights are. Sure. And for younger teams like a Pelican's, or um, the the Pacers, it shows them like, oh, we need to fight in order to win these games. Like that Boston game felt like a first round mat- playoff matchup is what it felt like. And so I, I, I'm curious to see how this goes on. And I'm now that I'm in Vegas, I'm even more all in on the on the in season tournament. I'm curious to see how this in 
subsequent seasons maybe accelerates a young team's trajectory because it teaches them how to win. Like Tyrese Halliburton, if he wins this thing, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I know what a postseason environment is going to look like down the line. It's a different type of practice. Well, it definitely is. It's 100% playoff basketball experience, at least in, in those knockout rounds for this tournament, yeah. that you can't get any other time than the actual playoffs. Right. Like that, that game between Boston and Indiana – you don't see that. That that's the difference. Like when we talked to, to Howard and I was arguing that, hey man, November basketball's never been bad. Yeah. Like dudes compete. Like they they do. Like November basketball hasn't been like But have you ever competed like this? No, before? but see, that's the thing. That's the difference, right? Like it's not like a lay down bad or like, yo, I came out and I'm not trying to play bad. It's like, look, if we're down eight yeah. with a minute and a half to go in November. Maybe, maybe I know On I got the first another game. Of a back to back. I'm just like, man, look, this one's a rush. We'll get to Orlando tomorrow night and we'll make it up then. And and so you don't get the tenor that you had in Indiana the other night. Like that shit was a knockdown, drag out, as close as you can come to playoff basketball experience as you can get. And and again, in any other world, the only time you get that is in the playoffs. So it it, it is invaluable for some of those teams. What's it like when you know the world is watching you? What's that? What's that feeling like when you know that? Because I always call it the uh, the center of the NBA universe games. Yeah. You know those ones I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, what is that like to play in those types of games that we're going to see tomorrow and on Saturday? I don't know how to describe that, man. That's those were my favorite. That was my favorite stuff, man. Like playoffs. Um, I don't know, NBC games, like Christmas game days, um, Martin Luther King Day games. Like those are. You know, you know everyone's locked in. You know everyone's watching. The lights feel brighter. Um, I don't know how to describe it, dog. But like, you know, for for those of you who love to do what you do, like, and you you just take pride in it, and you feel like you do it with the best in the world, like that's that's what it's all about. Like, so you know, it, it becomes a little harder to sleep for your nap because you're a little bit more fired up, like your pregame nap and shit like that. You get a little antsy, but man, those are. That's what you live for. That, I mean, that, those are the scenarios that when you're kind of like rolling dolo at 13 years old and the ball's coming out of the net and you're taking it back to the top of the key and you got somebody in the ISO, that's what you're imagining. Bro, trust me when I say it's like that for writers too. Yeah. I remember um, I remember game – was it game? It was game four of the Western Conference Finals 2019. And you really just want to – like just like how you want to kick everyone's ass, like I want to kick every writer's ass. Yeah, yeah. And like, I want to get this quote. I want to get this stuff. You want to meet that moment, bro. Sure. And I know you guys have that when you guys like, it's specifically like, I think about like the 01 game, one of the finals 01 for you, where you're, you have no choice in your life, but to just black out and hoop, bro. That's it. Like, what was, what's that like when no. you just got to black out and hoop and you're just, you're, t- you're, <laughs> saying, was, you're just out of your body, bro. bro. That was fight or flight. That was just like, you're going to either. I mean, figuratively die out here, or you can live. I've only like, had two <laughs> moments like that as a writer. It was that Western Conference uh, in 2019, and it was the Game 6, 2022, yeah. in Boston, where you just have that feeling. You're like, yep. I'm just going to be out of body. Fuck it. Man, like you that, don't even know what you're doing. No, those – and, like, if you watch clips of me playing in those games, I was having that conversation with my dad the other day just because we're both in awe. I mean, he's obviously a generation before me, but – we're all, we're in awe of just how much these little shorties know from like just sports in general, whether it's soccer with my daughter, 
who's seven. Like I'm in awe of the shit they're teaching seven-year-old. Like Also, shout out to them. I saw you took them to the uh, U.S. US uh, yeah. soccer. That's that, dope. that was pretty dope. Um, but, but like that basketball, football, and I was just, I was telling him, I was like, man, I, if you watch clips of me playing with the Sixers, I didn't even know how to play pick and roll. Like off ball. Yeah. Which is literally just stand your ass in the corner or on the wing. And I'm out there running around. If you watch the clips, I'm like running around. I'm in everybody's way. Motherfuckers are looking at me like, yo, man, get out of here. Are you almost and embarrassed I'm, to watch the finals? Is it one of those things where you're like, God damn it, Razo? No, like, I have moments where, I mean, I, I, it's it's kind of funny to me. I got moments where I'm really proud of what I did. And then there are other moments where I'm like, man, what are you doing? You dumbass. Like, you are just running in circles out there. But to your point... I mean, it all happened to me so fast, and it was just like, you know, sometimes you get one shot at it. You, you know, I hadn't gotten many shots at it, and so that shit was like, I'm not giving when this you did one up. The, when you got back, at least to in Phoenix, when you guys were relevant, did you like? Were you did it? I'm, we're just vibing right now. We're you know how we are now. Y'all know how we did it about thirty five minutes. Ben's, Ben's put in his hand in his hand bag, in the bag. But, Have a seat, Ben. We're, we got this. Yeah, we got this. Don't even trip, dog. Um, but like when you when you got to the Phoenix era, were you a bit more aware of where you were at? Did yeah. you could you were you a bit more in the moment yeah, than dog. you were when you were? At I didn't Philly? remember. I didn't remember Philly. That happened so fast. It it was there. It was happening. I was in it and it was gone. And I, I couldn't even remember what happened. It happened so fast, but, but Phoenix, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, first of all, like I was playing a larger role in that. Like, um, you know, I was having to answer more questions. I was more, I was more present. Like there was more shit that was being asked of me that, that kind of anchored me to the success of the team. So I was more acutely aware of that. And then obviously, you know, I had, I had, I had been around a little bit at that point. So I had seen more things played on different teams, knew that it wasn't just a birthright to be in the finals because I had been in it and never been back to them. So, so there were, there were things that were, I had a lot more perspective at that point, but, but you know, it, it was like, you know, Rob Horry was like, there are a lot of dudes like this where those playoffs, you could tell that that meant something. Cause they like, you could smell the popcorn popping. Do you know what I mean? Like instead of, Instead of maybe just hearing it, you can smell it. Like you come in that arena and all senses are heightened. You're like, God damn, those lights are bright tonight. You like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the spidey senses are tingling. So that's it's that's uh, what it's, it's interesting because like. you feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the Raja Bell era of that. You know what I mean? Like the the like the the Golden State like beat writing era. I don't even remember that shit, bro. Sometimes I gotta watch like highlights to be like, what the fuck? I was there. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, because you're because I'd imagine you felt like this when you were uh, in the Sixers. You were like, I just don't want to fucking fail. I don't want to get fired. I yeah. don't. I, I got. I ain't got nowhere to go. And like you know, when you're in Phoenix, and this is how I feel like right now. You're like, oh, like I know this feeling right now. I got to meet the moment at this point. You're more of a professional now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like exactly. You, right. You've 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 solidified that you are a professional. You're more secure in the fact that you're a professional. And that early stage is like you're just trying to hang on. You're just trying to hang on. Yeah. It's a, but like when you're in Phoenix or like when you're a veteran, this is how I'm feeling now. You're like it's a different level of I can't go back, but it's like I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. I'm on stable ground yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's what confidence, I'm security. Like yeah. 
I mean, I'm not going to go back. I mean, obviously, I don't want to go back, but I'm not going to go back because I know how to not go back. Exactly. Right? No. Where it's like, <laughs> when you were in Philly, you were like, how was it going to stay? I don't stay? know like, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do, bro. Correct. Like, um, but that that that's like, it's just so interesting that of the, the different perspectives, right? And then it's like, then like three, four years, especially for an NBA player, like, yeah, it's about time for me to get the fuck up out of here. I did everything I need to do. I'm just holding on to what? Like, I don't know. It's interesting because I'm feeling that way with uh, with LeBron right now, like where he's at this point where he's he's all vibes at this point. He's figuring he's like he's he's mastered. The, he's like me on Grand Theft Auto five. He's mastered the game. He's won it so many different times. And he's just like, yo, I'm here, man. Like, I'm just loud. He had a quote the other day. It was like, I'm just playing one-on-one with Father Time. Yeah, that's deep. I do, it's it's many to even think right, something deep, like that, bro. bro. Like, you, like, how do you? But he looks like that when he's, I mean, when you watch him play now, like, there's not, there, it, you know, remarkably, there doesn't seem to be. Coming off of a year like last year, you would think there'd be some pressure. Yeah. You'd think you could see and feel the pressure. Like, from the outside world, we talk about him, and we associate pressure with them all the time. He don't look like he feels any pressure. He literally looks like he's just out there vibes, playing father time. Like, well, it was weird. Like, even last night when I was watching him play, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the arena, but, like, I kind of had a feeling that, like, oh, the Lakers are going to win this game when they're at home. But, like, two, like, LeBron, and it's weird. Like, I was also at the game when he played a uh, game. Sorry, Ben Cruz, close your ears. Um, I was at the 2018 finals game one where – like one of the best LeBron games I'd ever seen, yeah. one of the best games of all time. But he was on a court where with against Durant, Steph, Draymond, Clay, all these guys in the prime of their careers, and it didn't matter. LeBron has that ability to kind of just float through a game and win it when it needs to happen. And so, like, it's hard. We always go on this conversation about, like, yo, Anthony Davis needs to, like, tap in and, and, and like, and – take that baton but then you see lebron like score 15 and a half and it's or in a quarter and you're like yeah. well how does he do that i don't even know like how is he not the best player on the team um how do you even like say that he can do that yeah i mean look he's all he's going to be the best player on the team he doesn't have to be the one counted on to do the lion's share of the lifting all the time that would be where i kind of draw the the line for him because he i mean he can LeBron could average 40 points a game if he wanted to at some points in his career. Whether that he did last year at a point in time, like during stretches where he just says, I'm going to score, I'll yeah, average I, 36 for yeah. two weeks. Yeah, and- but I mean, I think he could have averaged 40 for a season if he was like, yo, I'm going to average 40 for a season. Don't really care what this does in terms of winning or losing necessarily, but like, I'm just going to show you that I can average 40 a game. Like, he's just that type of physical and, and skilled freak. But what, what, in all the brilliance that is LeBron right now, and however, however cool you might think it is to watch, and I certainly do because I watched him last night come down the stretch and just kind of put him on their back. And he's know. on a on a court against Devin Booker. It's probably like peak Devin Booker so far, and yeah. like KD's having Bro, the best offensive just season like I've seen. Slow mo in the paint, snake pick and roll, Bob popped his feet, kind of faded on free throw line. Uh, let me take it to the cup, lay. Like he's just he was really just out there on some buy, like really cool. Didn't look like there was much pressure, and I'm still sitting here yelling to you that if he has to do that yeah, over the course of an entire season for them to pull out games like they pulled the game out last night, that's not sustainable for him at that age. I just don't believe that. Now, I don't bet against him. Yeah, I still don't bet against I don't, him. I don't. You said all that shit. I will tell you, I'm not going to bet against him, but I just don't think it's in their best interest as a team 
for for that to be what it has to be for them to win games over and over again. But I don't think Anthony – and also, like, let's also give other credit. They have more athleticism on their team with Vando coming back, with Rui playing, right? They do do have a little bit more help. Sure. Um, But I just don't think – and it's not even a slight to them, and I'm kind of coming in your line of thinking, and I hate you for it, but AD AD just doesn't have it in him to be like, nah, bro, I'm going to take that. So when LeBron's going off – He's going to be like, all right, bet. I'm a block. I'm going to do everything that I can in yeah. support of what you got going. So, like, I just that's I, and in fairness, and in fairness to AD, like, not to cut you off, but in fairness to AD, like, that's a difficult thing. That's like you're playing hopscotch, like, and you're watching LeBron go off, and you're like, well, shit, I need to get back in. When is it time to get back in? When is it time to get back in? And that's not an easy thing in, throughout the course of a game, especially if LeBron's water turns off. If that faucet turns off with four minutes to go, let's say. And you've basically been watching him for a whole half of basketball. And then at the what four minute mark. What does fuck? How does that fuck up your rhythm? Just watching and not doing anything. Um, I mean, you ain't touching the ball. Like, look, mo- most most scorers in the NBA, even if they're efficient scorers, there, there's, there's, there's an element of like, there's some sort of volume that you have to get up to be scoring, right? Like, let's say you're a 50% scorer. Like, you ain't an 80% scorer. So you need to miss half of the shots to be able to get the numbers, right? So if you're you know, if you're not getting those shots, then 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 you ain't going to have the numbers cuz you're not going to magically just shoot 80% because you're getting half of the shots now. So having the ball, touching the ball, being able to I always felt like even just being able to make a make a play in the offense with the ball, like Mike D'Antoni, I would tell him, I don't need a shot necessarily. It'd be great if I got one, but I don't need it. Like just if I could touch it within what we're doing, then I feel the ball. Like I feel like I'm involved. And so when it comes back to me, I can knock it down. And so that's the difficult part for a dude like AD. For me, it didn't matter. I wasn't going to have to carry us to a win. Right. But for somebody like AD who in theory would need to carry you for four minutes of a basketball game, if he's watching for a quarter and three quarters of the next quarter, that's a tough thing sometimes to hop back in and say, I got you. Yeah. Let me score it now. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Let's go into. Let's do some predictions. I know that's your favorite thing to do. Yeah, I love you know that. You know what I mean, let's go, on, the, uh, let's go to the let's go to the Eastern Conference uh, semifinal. We have the Bucks Pacers. Who do you have in that one? Damn it! Damn it! That's, that's tough. tough. That's tough. It's tougher than you think. It bro. is. It is because I told you, like in one game, in one game scenario, I'm still sitting here screaming this. In one game scenarios, I don't want to play them. Like they, they just they're going to shoot like what to me looks like some wild ass. Like shots. I still think Boston would beat them in like five games in a series. Like I, I, I tend or to five believe or six, that, right? I tend to believe that too. But like they they just offensively they get really hot and they can score a lot of points. Having said that, I'm going to take Milwaukee. <laughs> You're, you're you're applying your your, your LeBron argument yeah. to Giannis. Having said that, I'm gonna take the look. The way they looked against, I know they ain't gonna shoot the way they shot against the Knicks, but I think the Dame Giannis duo is getting better every time we see it. I still think that is trending in the right direction. Um, what is about a neutral site though, right? Because what does a neutral site do for any team? That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I think more so for the Pacers than for the Bucks. Yeah, you know, for the, the, the they play off of. You know, pace and energy. What's the difference for the layman that doesn't know the difference between a neutral site and a home away site? Yeah, What's en- the difference? Energy. Well, well, first of all, I mean, like obviously the obvious, like logistics. Like you're not in your own bed. You're not. You know, you're not eating what you typically eat 
from the person you eat it from, whether that's, you know, a significant other or great, great restaurants, great restaurants. You know what I mean? But like, it's just throwing your daily routine at a home game off, but some teams more than others, like, and I, I, I think the Pacers would fall into this because of the way they play. They can be energy driven. Like, and so they typically just start the energy with the way they play. It's exciting. They're up and down. Howlett Burns hitting threes, Buddy Hill, boom, uh, Bruce Brown. Like they're, 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 you know, Miles Turner, they're cooking. And then that crowd gets involved. And now the energy is just ping ponging back and forth between the team and the crowd, team and the crowd, team and the crowd. And it sustains them, you know, like it was pretty cool to watch. Like that shit was just electric. You don't necessarily get that in it when you're not in your own building. Like you certainly don't get it from the, when you're the away team, but in a neutral site, you just don't have the, the, you know, the amount of fans that you, that your, your arena is not saturated with your own fans. So you might not get that energy bouncing back at you. And that could be a thing. I'm not guaranteeing that it will be, but could be for a team like, like the Pacers that are relatively new to this young play with a lot of energy where Milwaukee is like the antithesis of that. Like not young, relatively old, kind of been there, done that. Don't always come out of the gate super fast, but just figure, hey, man, we're, we're going to beat you at the end of it. So I think their style probably lends itself maybe to that neutral site more than the Pacers do. Okay, so let's go to the West. Pelicans. Who you got? Who you got? Uh, I got Milwaukee. Bro. All right. Like, okay. More because of the experience, right? Like, I trust Milwaukee's experience in a game like this mm-hmm. where I think the Pacers are still figuring themselves out in a lot of ways. I don't have a good answer other than I'm just going to go with the field and notice. Can I hedge and just say, boy, no, they get hot. all right. No, no. You always do that <laughs> shit. I just hedge and you say, if they get hot. do that if shit. If they get hot. Mr. Right. Devil's fair, Advocate. Fair, fair. Um, let's fair. go to the West. Uh, Pelicans, Lakers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Lakers because just of what I said earlier. And big games, LeBron want that money. And I'm, gonna, I'm going yeah. to pick LeBron when the chips are down before I pick. B.I. and Zion to carry the load. I'm I'm sorry. So I would be a real hypocrite. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And I just said I don't bet against LeBron, so I'm not going to bet against LeBron. Um, I, too, will take the Lakers, but I think that... God damn it. (laughs) I think not. You know what? Fuck it. I'm taking I'm taking the Pelicans. You're taking the Pelicans? Why? why? Defensive uh, versatility, length, um, and I don't know, man. Like again, Le- LeBron's phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, I'm taking the pay. I'm taking. The pay. I don't think you believe I'm that. The but, 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 I just, well, I mean, well, listen. Ben, put what kind of thing. fucking pod would it be if it's, I'm sitting here ben, and we're agreeing on every pick? Put it on the thing that he's picking the Pelicans, but I still calling bullshit on this. I, I, I still think he's hedging, and I don't think he believes himself. I might not. So but it wouldn't be a good pod if we agreed on everything. So that's I'm fair. Like, yes. Okay. All right. So who you got? You got you got Giannis then winning the all on the, yeah, on the, the Bucks, Bucks winning all. Okay. I got I got Lakers playing the Bucks, and I'm gonna pick. You bet not do that. You don't even believe that. I'll you, pick the Lakers. You, you don't believe that. All right. You <laughs> All right, then we're even, motherfucker. <laughs> then we're even, motherfucker. All right, man. Let's let's get to uh, it's about we gave you guys 50 minutes. 50 minutes. 50 well, I, minutes. Hey, listen, I was in a shitty mood when I came home. I'd walk all the way. The, uh, I, walk, I called Raja. Listen. No, no, listen, I'm telling you this right now because Raja was mad and did not want to answer my phone call. I was literally gonna give him a ride. I was right near the Aria. <laughs> really? I was so on a call. I was on a call. I was like, yo, bro, I'm about to go, I'm about to call the car. 
Uh, you want me to swoop you? Oh, and shit. he didn't answer the fucking phone. And had to His walk. fault. Oh, I'm not gonna lie though. We both Virgos. We got hella pride. I understand <laughs> it. So I didn't. I let him cook when he did that shit. But I was calling your ass to, to fucking give you a ride. Like motherfucker, I got the I got the car right here. Do you want? Do you want the car to come pick you well, up? Listen, listen, my young. But mother, he was over here fucking walking the strip, mad as fuck, mad, bro. I'm seething, <laughs> seething. We stood in the cab line for five minutes, and I said, "Can I walk to?" And he was like, "Yeah, just go that way." I was like, "All right, fucking, I walk." <laughs> Vegas walks are always longer than the GPS says oh, they're gonna be God. every time. Oh. You want to ride back to your hotel? <laughs> no, to walk. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, we're going to the week. I'm happy to see you, bud. I'm gonna give you the real one of the week, bro. Hey, like real shit. I'm really gonna give hey. you the real one of the week, dog. I know we're not sappy on Zoom, but it's really good to see you, my dog. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, we started this shit in 2020. Wow, uh, three years. Finally got to see my dog. Real one of the week. Three Roger years. Fucking it's been three it's been years. Three years, dog. More than three years. Goodness gracious. We're a three year anniversary yeah, with uh, Steph Curry. You guys can go back and, and listen oh, to that's that. That's right. It's you know, more than three years. God, dog. Let's see. Real one of the week. Alexa. Alexa will get my real one of the week. I don't know her last name, but Alexa was I deal with to get is who I deal with to get my flights. Okay. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know this having legs, it can be very difficult, you know, traveling four hours at a time with to, to pack your tuck your legs up somewhere, right? So, like for that reason, just you know, I, have I a lot just of requests found okay. on on flights. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. especially long flights. I just found out that we're kind of the same, almost the same height. Which yeah, is kind of wild. And, and, you didn't want to admit it. I mean, you didn't want to fucking admit it. And to it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're taller than I thought. <laughs> but Alexa has been very, very patient with me and very accommodating, and she held it down. Um, and so I'll give her a real one of the week because I'm I made it, I'm here, yeah, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> My flight was at nine this morning and it's seven forty-five. I wasn't sure I was gonna be. <laughs> so I, I oh made my it. God. I remember he after the call, yes, uh on Monday, he was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And I was just like, I was so fucking just 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 tired. I was like, I think I just said, All right, motherfucker. It just ended the zoom. I was like, I was just so scared. I'm not dealing with this shit. Whoa. Anyways, first uh and hopefully not last in person, real ones. I think we're good. I think we can still do the pod. I think I, we can still do it. it. I, think it I was kind of nervous. It I think worked. we worked it out. I mean, it was, we were going to find out. We're going to figure it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. All right, pod is, we'll see you guys on Monday from Zoom with Howard motherfucking back. Great. We're going to get some dinner. I'm hungry as shit. Um, talk to you guys on Monday. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-5 224700 or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas 18777070 stop in Louisiana visit MD Gambling Help 
1-800-GAMBLER.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or visit 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 